Hi guys, we're back here in the studio. We have uh, Michelle and Stacy. Well, I'm going to speak for you, Michelle. I know. I'm like, Stacy, take it away. Welcome back to Hashtag Moms Got This, everybody. Welcome back. And we actually um, brought back one of our favorite guests from season one. Miss Emily Tish Sussman. Yes. So welcome back, Emily. Love to be here. <laughs> this is so fun. I can't our- get enough of you guys. I know. I'm so happy you're here. She's going to be our guest host. Yes. And we have another Emily in the studio. I mean, it's going to get confusing, guys, but stick with us. <laughs> but stick with us. We have Emily Culp, who is the CEO of Cover FX. Which I have actually been a fan of for like probably five years or so. I've been using the the pigment. CCD. Emily? Yes. Yeah. Custom CCD. Color. That's Emily. Yeah. Yeah. And it like, it matches exa- as an Asian person. It's hard for me to find makeup that matches my skin and like. It's awesome yeah. product. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks, it's so thanks for nice. having Even here. with another Emily. I, I feel know. <laughs> We've got Emily times two. So tell us, Emily Culp. <laughs> See, I knew it would get tricky. You say redhead one, it's totally fine. Yeah. I know that you, you've you been a CEO at Keds, and you'll have to tell us where prior. You know I, yeah, I was actually the CMO at CMO Keds. CMO at Keds. Yep. Right. Uh, CMO of Keds, and then I was the head of marketing at uh, Rebecca Minkoff prior to that. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, so, and even before that early in my career, I've done Estee Lauder Unilever as well. So I've done big company, small company, fashion, beauty, the whole nine yards. But really what drew me to this position at CoverFX was, you know, when you have those moments, I admit it's probably having two kids, 10, seven-year-old, you look at them and after you get to the umpteenth frequent flyer trips where you're like, yay, I'm whatever status, you're looking at your kids and you're missing a few events here and there and you're like, do I love what I'm doing? And do I believe in what I'm doing? Not to like get all mushy, but you right. do have those moments. That was and like the unmushiest mush I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> but you know what I mean, where you sit there and you're like, okay, I just did another 17,000 mile journey for whatever one or two days of business. And I took it, you know, I've loved every opportunity I've had in my career. So grateful for the brands I've had the opportunity to work with and the people as well. But I really was craving something that personally connected with me. And when I start to look at my core values, cover effects being vegan and cruelty-free and being inclusive before inclusivity was a thing, like they've been this way for over 19 years. Going back to your shade range, it's been that way. Because they realize, Mm -hmm. guess what? People are all different colors, sizes, skin types as well. It's not just perfect skin. Um, that really struck a chord with me. So to have an opportunity to come in and work on a brand like that, I was like, this is it. This so is what I want to do. Can you take us through your motherhood journey kind of sure. in parallel with your, your work life? Ooh, yes. It's always, uh, there, it's not a straight linear situation. Yeah. Um, you know what? I had, um, kids later in life. So later in my thirties, um, I had Humphrey while I was at Estee Lauder, Mm -hmm. um, and great company, but it still was a, you know, pretty short mat leave policy. You're looking at three and a half months. Uh, my first week back, I was asked to go to Asia for two weeks. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Did you go? Uh, yes. Because, you know, I loved what I did. And if you want to stay employed, you kind of understand this is one of these tests, if you will, when you go back. 
Um, I will tell you a funny story. I did figure out how um, not to pump and dump. So I shipped it all back through coolers, through customs. Yeah, it was intense. I was that crazy lady in an airport, TMI. But um, (laughs) That's the first we've ever heard on this podcast. What? Sending it back. There's actually a company that does that now in the U.S. It doesn't work in Asia, though. Yeah, Yeah, and let me tell you, this was pre-all of that. I found a dry ice company in Australia, and they're like, you want to do what with what? And I was like, that's okay. Just send me enough. Yeah, I had like... That's intense. It was intense. Talk about innovative. Yes. Yeah, you do things. You do. But anyway, so I had Humphrey while I was there, worked full-time, grew a department, um, had a good experience. But I think it's one of those... It was one of the most humbling experiences for me, too, because you think you're efficient. And I mean, no disrespect for anyone who doesn't have kids or doesn't want them. But at least for me, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm super efficient. Then you have children, and you're like, oh, wow. No, there I'm is really another yeah. that there is another gear that you didn't know possibly existed in you as a human yes. that you uncover and your hyper prioritization and your ability to also I would say in many ways set expectations with people and communicate super clearly you have to because you don't have extra anything yeah. there's no extra sleep there's no extra time there's no extra anything mm-hmm. so for me I actually think it was one of the most important things for me from a developmental standpoint too and it also um, taught me a lesson which I already knew early on in my career because I started in the 90s in technology before it was a thing um, you're going to fail it's just how quickly, what do you learn? And hopefully it's not super expensive. It's the same with parenting. You know, you, someday maybe you crush it at work, maybe you fail at home or vice versa, but you need to be able to have that ability to bounce back and bounce back better. So that was my first kid. Um, and then I had Violet while I was at Unilever. She was a total surprise, um, an awesome surprise. And surprised that you were pregnant or like a, correct. like a TLC special, like surprise the baby. It's not a stomach ache. I had a baby. Um, a little bit of both. Oh, <laughs> seriously? I'm not going to lie. Well, we were fortunate enough to have Humphrey. That was a journey of years. And I was told that was it. So yes, no, I was that person where they're like, you might not have the flu. And I was like, yeah, no, it's the flu. It's been really annoying. No, it was not a flu. It was a child. Um, so yes, I was that. Way better than a flu. Thanks. It was yes. a, oh, so much better. But um, anyway, awesome experience on that too. And then I remember one of my friends at Goldman Sachs told me, who was like, it scales. Once you have two, it just all scales. Like she made it sound like a is spreadsheet. That true? No, it is not. I don't think that's true at all <laughs> as a mother of two. It's, it, I can tell you straight up, it's a lie. And after I had my child, I was like, this is not true. And she's like, I say it to everybody to give you hope. And I was like, like, dude, that's not hope. That is a sheer confusion where it's like, I didn't get the right assumptions on my model. My model's not working. Uh, No, it it doesn't scale. I still have two. I love both of my children, but I do not feel like it scales. And let me be clear, they are unique individuals. The nature versus nurture. Like, I was like, okay, I got this. I understand, number one. Number two, did not adhere to any of those yeah, rules. completely different. Swaddling, she was like, no can do. Um, <laughs> she was like, Houdini. Yeah. So you just, you, again, you adapt like crazy to every scenario. But again, I think it's one of those things that I'm so grateful um, because I also go back to it right now. Like some of the people that I was managing then, I'm fortunate enough at CoverFX. I have folks who have worked with me two, three, and four times before. Wow. And now some of them are parents. They're like, I don't understand how you did that. And you're <laughs> did like, they understand you before? Um, they said, you know, at the time, they're like, we understood sometimes where you would not want to do the like work dinner at a great place. And you're like, oh, no, no, hard opting out on that. 
Um, so now, yes, now I, I think like it's under- more perspective where they're like, uh, oh, I understand why you made certain choice. And I really respect that. Um, but yeah, no, it's good. It's and really what good. was it like the second time around in terms of work? You, did you go back I did. quickly? And, same, and, exact same thing. But you thing. like kind of rolled right back into it? Did it feel different? I would never say you roll back into it. Um, I will say my second child, she was super sick for the first year of her life. Um, so we had oh, an integrated medicine team at CHOP, Children's Hospital of Pennsylvania. So it was a very intense year. Um, so that going back to like scaling, uh, had no concept on that. It was really, really hard. Um, and I think that's one of the things that it also helps you put in perspective where you want to focus your time. Yeah. So it was shortly after her, frankly, that I decided I wanted to do a different type of work in a different environment. I wanted to work in a much smaller company. And so where did you go? Where... I went to Rebecca Minkoff. Okay. Uh-huh. So I worked directly with Uri um, and Becky there, which was really nice. And that's where I was like, you know what? I, I want to be part of a company that's like 90 people. And I was able to carve out with them, and I'm so grateful for it. I said, here's the deal with my daughter. She is sick. I need to be able to go to these specialist appointments. Uh, I'll group them all on Fridays, but I need to, I will give you every ounce of me, but I need Fridays where I can work from home so I don't feel guilty, because it's on me, not on them. They never made me feel guilty, but I was like, I'm going to feel badly because I had a whole team, many different people. So if I set the, going back to expectation setting, if I said to everyone, every Friday, I'll do the best of my ability to work the full day, but if I have a specialist appointment, I'll tell you guys, but every Friday, I'm going to be out. So it was, it actually worked and they were totally supportive and that kind of stuff you can't usually do at big companies. No. And that was, again, it shifted what was important to me and it worked. You know, I was even more like loyal and committed because I was like, you guys understand this is an important part of me too. Did you, did you seek them out because you knew that they were the kind of people that would be receptive to that offer or did the opportunity come up? And no, then it was, it I was looking after um, being in a really big company. I was like, I'm just ready. I want to be in a small company. I want a different thing. You shift sometimes as like big life events happen. Um, they were one of the companies I was talking to. And, you know, I put it out there where I was like, I realized this may not work for you. And some companies were like, absolutely not. We're not flexible at all. And they're like, yeah, we could work with you on that. Both of them had kids at the time and they understood. And I was like, okay, great. Let's do it. That's great. Yeah. Sometimes it's the idea that like you put it out there. I was terrified, by the way, of being judged that I wouldn't be fully committed. How could I possibly lead large teams if I wasn't physically there on Fridays? And guess what? It worked. And some of those people that worked for me then are the ones with me now at Cover Effects. So you went from Rebecca and then to Keds. I did. Yeah. And then you were the CMO there. I was. I um, had a unique role. I like, um, I don't like job descriptions. It's my thing going back to like starting out. I never have had job descriptions, so I'm not really a big fan of them. Um, so when I was talking to Keds, and it's one of those moments where it was an, it is an iconic brand. It was turning 100, and they're like, we need to reposition. I was like, oh, this is amazing as a dream. Yeah. I mean, how many brands you know, born and bred in the US, right. going through their centennial. I mean, that's a once in a lifetime thing. Um, but I said to them, I was like, here's the deal. I would love to be part of this, but I also want to have all P&L responsibility for e-commerce and uh, oversee retail stores, just as I did in Rebecca Minkoff. And they're like, well, that's not really CMO. That's also sales. And that's also a bit of product because I also wanted to have the jurisdiction to do product collaborations and because you're driving exclusivity in .com and you need to have the direct line into product. And we agreed to it. And the way I set it up with the board was, you know, here's the Kager I will assign every year. If I don't hit it, you can get rid of me. 
So no risk on either side, if you will, or more risk on my side than theirs. And I hit it every year. So really grateful of the experience. And then how did you decide to move on? Um, you know what? After three years, I am obscenely curious. Um, I love to learn and expand. Um, and as much, I felt like I had helped the brand reposition. I had hit the goals that I had set it up to. Um, and I was ready for the next challenge. And I also, as I said, um, really wanted to get involved with something that had more of a component that was giving back in some capacity. And then also every day I was using the product, I would be like, I'm making a difference. And I wanted, I didn't know what it would be. I mean, I was even looking at nonprofits. I literally was looking at like saving the ocean. No joke. Mm, that's a I, good place to be. Too. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yes, to be. thank you. <laughs> it is. But um, I was really at one of these moments for a whole bunch of reasons that I was like, I want to feel phenomenal about a give back. And that's where going back to the products that cover effects, I have two autoimmune disorders myself. And one of them is actually to a lot of ingredients in beauty. Mm-hmm. Discovered this over the years, like EpiPen carrying level of that. Wow. Yeah. So legit. And the first thing I did was I said um, to the folks at Cover FX, I was like, I so love the positioning. I love everything about this brand and what it stands for. But with all due respect, I need to try it for about two or three weeks because I could never in my wildest dreams use or be behind a product that caused any issues on me. So I tried it and I am sensitive to a ton of things. I had no reactions whatsoever. And I was like, okay, so this is truly legitimate and I'd love to be part of something like this. Wow. Yeah. So you've been there for how many years now? Oh, a year. A year. Yes. Just coming up in a year. Do you feel that, um, you know, you've been within all these different cultures and you're in this place now that is true and tried to the give back and Mm -hmm. being inclusive. What it, what with like your own children that they're learning and you, you're applying like from home to, to the office. How do I intersect all this? It's so funny. So I believe the most important thing in any company is its people. And I can't tell you how blessed I am. I have the most talented team I've ever worked with in my career in this group of people. I mean, they're, just, I call them purple squirrels. These are people who have killer, like visual eyes. They could, you know, pivot from a design on a Viz merch thing to two minutes later, be in a pivot table being like, what do you think the profitability analysis is saying? Like you don't find these people. Yeah. Yeah, You have to hoard them. I'm like a little squirrel. Um, so I have a whole group of them. And if you asked any of them, and I just came out of my management team meeting with all of them is I actually quote the Berenstein bears a lot. I know I do read legit uh, literature beyond that, just so people don't think that's all I read, but I do but you are a parent of relatively young children. So I have a 10 that might be the only thing. thing. <laughs> yeah. no, I actually do. I just finished two books this past in the past week or two. I just like on planes sometimes we'll do that. But where I go back to it and where I was saying to my team, it's sometimes the hardest thing in life is actually to simplify something and have maniacal discipline and focus on doing one thing really well. Not a thousand things, Mm -hmm. but one thing really well. And the Berenstein Bears actually going back to like the golden rule. This is not a complex concept, but it's so critical to creating the right type of culture. So going back to like lessons, um, I work, I actually talk to my kids a lot about work. Um, because I want them to understand the choices and why I'm leaving, you know, in the morning and gone and nights on trips. But I also talk to team members about different things that I pick up from them as well that I think are really important. And it's interesting how much the worlds can cross over. 
Completely. So I feel like a lot of the moms out there are probably listening and being like, she makes it sound really easy. Oh, it's not. Yeah. So mm-hmm. can you tell us about some of maybe the moments where you were like, like, am I going to make it through? Like, this is a lot of work and a lot of kids. Uh, stuff. That's and- almost daily. Just <laughs> so clear. No, each day, I mean, all kidding aside, it's so funny. Sometimes people ask me about work-life balance and I'm like, Ooh, I do not like that phrase. Sorry. I don't think anybody likes know. that phrase. No, yeah. some, some people still do it. Like I just got asked about this a week ago. I call it work-life integration. I mean, there are some days that I'm like crushing it on one part, two hours later, you're like, whoops, I forgot to deal with like, I have an au pair at this point, like some situation on that. You're doing the best you can. I think the part that I will continue to evolve in is forgiveness. You can't do everything perfectly. And I- So how do you forgive yourself? Like, let's say something terrible happens. I mean, oh. I usually feel very guilty. So oh, I'm just are curious you kidding you me? Um, I'll give you one of my worst parent um, experiences. I shared it with some of your friends earlier. So um, <laughs> this was my daughter's first day of kindergarten. She was going on the big scary bus. And if you have any kids who have never been on a bus, it's like this. Hu- I had no idea how terrifying this was until you watch a little kindergartner. Oh, they oh. could like turtle. I call it turtling out where their little book bags are so <laughs> big. They're like yeah. little turtle shells and they could fall backwards. <laughs> and you're like, you got this, Tigger. So. <laughs> So my daughter, first day of kindergarten, her older brother, he's three grades above or whatever, he had a leader school day and she's like, mom, promise me our nanny at the time will be there. And I'm like, of course, like every day, not a problem. You're going to crush it on your first day. But she's a very like, you know, um, sensitive kid and like most kids nervous about the first big day of school. Yeah. Needless to say, the nanny um, took a nap. She said, I'm not sure. Oh Fell asleep in a hedge. Oh, it's bad. In a hedge? Uh, sure. A hedge, a bush. <laughs> I so this. I want you to go with me on this journey. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> Fell asleep in a hedge. Um, God bless, and I do mean this, um, the bus driver, because he has seen me over the past year. We moved up there for my job at Keds. He had seen me like in you know, black tie in the morning from a full face of makeup to partially changed to straight up in pajamas. Cause every day I'd try and get them to the bus if I was physically not traveling. So he at least knew I was trying as a parent and had seen me and my husband. He knew we wouldn't just abandon my daughter. <laughs> so for 45 minutes, what he was supposed to do was actually take my daughter back to school. And then they, because child services actually gets called too, because your child's been abandoned and they're supposed to go th- call child services and then potentially work through a oh contact list. He decided to drive around for 45 minutes. Oh, what a nice guy. And then eventually, my nanny, who was napping in the bush, um, <laughs> came to and got my daughter. And as to close out the story, when I got home, she didn't even call me at work about this incident. It was my son who like came bounding out and was like, Mommy, this woman fell asleep in a bush. And <laughs> Violet rode around in the bus for 45 minutes dry, heaving because she was crying so hard. And I was like, yay. So we're going to to say goodbye to our friend collectively give her a hug because she's gonna pursue something else as of today so she left at our choice and going back to how do i handle it i walked into my boss who i give kudos to the next day and we had relocated and not had great child care experiences this would have been like the second or third who had just like flaked like that and i said to my boss i'm either going to have to move or i'm going to have to be flexible for the next three months until i find a no pair she's like done so my husband and I covered off every single day for the next three months. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. We well, had good to. for your husband for also stepping up. Yeah. He's an awesome partner. 
Um, so I think that is a mom's got this moment. I, but I feel like I want to ask yes, for another one. Yes. So every episode, every first episode of the week, we ask for your mom's got this moment. And that one was like a, like a terrible situation gone better. But I would like to hear one where you're like, you know what? I've got it. Like this is yeah. me and I'm on and I'm, I'm good. Well, to the best of my ability, I've got this. So occasionally going back to lesson learned there, oh gosh, what do you do if you need a new person to pitch in, whether right. it's a parent who maybe hasn't gone to this school or whatever, who's doing pickup. And I will say if like somebody else asked me to pick up their kids, I'm like, do they have allergies? Where am I picking them up? Do they have a note that they know? Like you don't want to screw up picking up a kid. No. So what I did after that was I took photographs of like the kids' school where the kids, because my kids are walkers, um, I took pictures of where the door is to their classroom, a picture of the, the teacher. So then God forbid, which has happened a few times, I need a parent or a family friend to do a pickup. Of course, my kids know ahead of time, but I literally, it's almost like a little visual map where they can get there and they're like, I know exactly where to stand, exactly what this teacher looks like. God forbid, I can't see your child in the mix of thousands of other kids. I can connect and make sure I'm okay. And then his backup, because you always need a backup to your backup. I also take a photograph of the contact sheet for like the closest hospital, the pediatrician, the wow. orthodontist, the dentist. I care, even the vet. God forbid the cat gets sick. You can't, you can't think of enough. And that all goes in my little map because you just never know. Yeah. You're making me feel like I need to go and do this right now. I want to clap for you. I know. Amazing. Thanks, guys. Wow. But think about how I got that lesson. Right. I know. Well, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a little dark, yes. but now I'm in the light. <laughs> but now you're in the light. I'm in the light. Emily, thanks so much for being with us today. Everybody, if you love this episode, make sure you subscribe so that you listen to tomorrow's episode. Yes. And thank you. Oh, Emily. and let's also thank the other Emily, Emily S. <laughs> Emily who's just like a warm and lovely <laughs> presence <laughs> in the room. Um, and make sure to listen to your primary playlist. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah, we were made from